All right. Five, four, three, two. I should like to take a cigarette break real quick. Interesting way to start the segment. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Unfolding Sound, the podcast that explores the landscape of the sounds that move us. This is Will System. And this is Doug Leach. And this is David Irons, uh, calling you about your extended warranty. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this is our one-year anniversary episode. We're going to talk about artists we've lost and notable shows from 2022. And we're also doing a review of all the albums we've discussed since we started recording these episodes back in February of 2022. And we have picked out some of our favorites to discuss for this particular episode. So we definitely have a lot in store for today. Definitely an action-packed session here. <laughs> so uh, it's been a long minute here since the last time that we've had our last recording here, guys. Uh, what's new in your world? How have you guys been? Oh, as always, keeping the faith, you know, <laughs> like Billy Joel. Now, um, recently, just getting over the COVID, what I believe was the COVID. I mean, it was, I think it's going around. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat there. Uh, got sick a few weeks back and haven't gotten over this cough. It's been fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it gets weird. It's chest compressions. It's, it was insane. I mean, I, I, I pretty much, you know, roughed it up, but. Somebody uh, with with a lot less strength, yeah, because I'm very, very, very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody with, you know, an, probably an elderly person who would have probably, you know, they, 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 I'm pretty sure they would have had to have been in the emergency room at one point or another, you know, under observation. It, I mean, I've never felt like this in my life. I, I could tell you that right now. I mean, I'm pretty sure the listeners, a bunch of them, have been around it, especially if you've got kids. Yeah, you know, oh <laughs> absolutely. God. Yeah, I definitely don't wish that on my worst enemy. I'm definitely glad you powered through that. I know you were sick for quite a while, so. Yeah, I felt guilty calling in. <laughs> calling into work, I'm like, I got COVID. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things that you actually kind of want to show up to to work so that they can see that you're really, really sick. <laughs> and that way they won't start messing Let with you. Let me prove it and show up to work. I'm like, no, we're good. <laughs> so, yeah. Have you guys done anything new and exciting, any amazing shows, anything in the works that you guys have done or seen? I know we're definitely gearing up for a big-ass concert season. Yeah. Like, yeah. everybody decided to show up at the same time <laughs> between uh, March and June. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, 2023 is a big show, a big year for shows. We have a yeah. lot of important artists coming out of retirement and touring yeah, yeah. Uh, we got some uh, Comedy Christ coming up. Then we got a smaller show with Corrupting Sea, uh, Mountain Goats, Demon Hunter, MLK. Alice is uh, coming back through. Birthday Massacre, mm. Skinny Puppy, Sisters of Mercy, Grandson and K-Flay are both playing Boulevardia wow. on the same day. IMX and Ben Folds. Uh, I got my, uh, I made sure I got IMX tickets. I missed them last time. Everybody and their grandmother is excited for Sisters of Mercy. Literally everybody and their grandmother. I mean. <laughs> it's about the right age range, yes. Exactly. 
No, literally, like people slightly older than me could be grandparents and they would be fans of Sisters of Mercy. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but it's kind of nice to uh, see new generations picking up the music. I think uh, Hollywood is also starting to play a, a role in, in educating people about the music behind the scene as well. You know, you're starting to see a lot more industrial gothic music, uh, more of the underground. And, and, you know, I've seen it on Peaky Blinders, for example using Eisters and Neubaden in one of their episodes, also um, using Nick Cave as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, Nick Cave's always been kind of in the cinematic realm, though. He just has the voice for it and moody songs. Correct. But it's always been pretty hit or miss. Yeah. Right, you know, but there's definitely a lot more representation, not just in not just in Hollywood, but just overall in in society as well. Uh, what was it, Target that came out with their line of gothic clothing? <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing something about that. <laughs> Uh, no, because like somebody I can't remember who said this, but there was like hot topic is the target for the goths, right? <laughs> and I mean, as as gatekeepy as you wanna as as you wanna get with that, you know, if you happen to swing by a target and you know you see a goth section, I mean, I'm gonna be like, I wonder what they got, you know, like. <laughs> well, even in the realm of like you know big media stuff, was it two Super Bowls ago? When the weekend played and the halftime show at the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, in between like tracks, because he just kind of mixes his, his stuff, in between tracks, they were playing Susie and the Banshees, like as part of his show. So, wow. So, yeah. Uh, I, not that, you know, Susie and the Banshees was like super obscure underground, but, you know, they don't get a ton of play in mainstream media. Not stuff. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's about as big as it gets is, you know, get your stuff played at the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I get it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an exciting year in music. You know, there's definitely a lot in the works. Kansas City, our own Kansas City is getting a lot of good shows. Yeah. Uh, overall, the country's definitely seeing a lot of action. So uh, Gary Newman, Frontline Assembly and Ministry, that pretty nice lineup. It's right a weird there. lineup, but I would go see it if they were coming anywhere near us. <laughs> yeah. I guess they don't like the Midwest. Oh, well, maybe I mean, they, they do. They've all come through. Maybe they do. Sometime in the past few years. So. I would say they do. They just, maybe, they just forgot about it. I us. think the Midwest is probably just a little bit spoiled and can do a, a little bit better in supporting and attending certain shows. No, I, I agree. For, I mean, for for Pete's sake, we just won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean. Again. I mean, again, <laughs> we are a small, world-class city. Yeah, as weird as that is, we're, we're going to host at least one of the World Cup games or however that's going to yeah, work. That's yeah, they're, correct. They're going to have interesting. all, all across up. the country. So, I mean, yeah, they got stadiums all across the country anyways. But then our, our sports stadiums are getting other use because you got Arrowhead that is host to who all is playing there. Uh, I know Taylor Swift's playing a show oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Any, anybody that can fit in 80,000. But then, then they just announced that uh, Guns N' Roses is going to be playing the Kauf- <laughs> Kauffman Stadium. Wow. So they're playing the baseball arena. <laughs> Wow. I think that's about 15, 15,000, no, 27,000. Uh, I was lucky enough, and I was like really young when it came through. I was lucky enough to go see uh, Guns N' Roses and Metallica back when they came through and played Arrowhead. I just imagine you with like long hair. Ish. <laughs> I, I, I had some, yeah. <laughs> I had a bit of the mullet going on, you know. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this episode here. We definitely have a lot to cover. We're going to start off by talking about the artists that we've lost in 2022. I know that there was a lot of really beautiful souls that have enhanced and inspired our lives with their music that passed away, left this plane. So we're going to kind of render a little bit of tribute to them on this episode and 
just kind of talk a little bit about their achievements here. There's way too many artists. If we were to discuss them all, you know, we would pretty much take up an entire episode. But we're going to go ahead and talk about a few that were special and particularly big to us and influential to our lives. So I'm going to go ahead and let my colleague Doug segue us into this segment and talk about some of the folks that we've lost here in 2022. So there was a couple that we discussed on the show previously. Uh, You got Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters, Andy Fletcher from the Depeche Mode. Those are probably two of the biggest names. Right. But the year started off with us losing Meatloaf, which was, I don't know, that, that was a weird one. But that was really weird and bizarre. Yeah. Meatloaf's one of those guys, it's easy to hate on him, but at the same time, he was great in his own right. I mean, besides Rocky Horror Picture Show and all that stuff, like, <laughs> the dude could belt out a song. and He's an institution. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or some, somehow they, they, they make more money after they die. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, they do that. That is... Hey, have you heard the 12-minute version of I Would Do Anything? It's out there. Elton John's big now. He's alive. Andy (laughs) Fletcher was was a a big one for me, you know. Yeah. I know he's definitely the architect behind a lot of Depeche Mode's body of music, and, you know, that was definitely a huge loss for sure. I came up with a lot of that. They should be a national treasure somewhere. <laughs> are they in the uh, Are they in the Hall of Fame? I don't know if they got the, in the, the Hall of Fame or the not. Music Hall of Fame. Money? It wouldn't surprise me, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I can never cure. These are things I should know. Actually, <laughs> I'm gonna fire the producer. A couple that hit me rather hard, uh, and I'll, I'll try my pre- best to pronounce his name right. It uh, Angelo Badamalenti. Okay. And, and Julie Cruz, Angelo Badamalenti and Julie Cruz. Like Julie Cruz has been on a ton of stuff, but those two together were in a bunch of David Lynch stuff. Well, uh, Angela, he was the, the guy that did most of his uh, Div Lynch's scores. So all of the Twin Peaks stuff, that's him. Mm. A lot of the, the music in Lost Highway. Love that album. Yeah, yeah. They were very influential on me because I, I grew up listening to those soundtracks. I grew up listening, you know, like watching Twin Peaks and David Lynch movies. Yeah, all the cool kids did that. A uh, thing that uh, Chris, the film geek, when uh, he and I were roommates way back when, uh, we, we were living near Westport, and there was the Hollywood video there on Westport. Some weekend, we rented every episode of Twin Peaks and finished both seasons in two days. It, like, And this was back before wow. streaming, so you had to really try for stuff like that. Okay. And it was a weird weekend. <laughs> yeah, you, you, have to, you have to break it down for some of our listeners. Uh, what was Hollywood video? It was like Blockbuster. It was just... Uh, competitor of theirs oh okay okay what's vhs what's beta what's a vcr why did you guys go to a physical location because streaming wasn't a thing that's right that's right those were the days oh yeah we walked uphill both ways you know well that's when we had like free time that we could like take an entire weekend to do nothing but watch tv (sighs) yeah i know all four channels (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, but unless you got uh, cable, uh, then you got to watch some scrambled stuff, you know, when the parents went away. And, <laughs> but MTV? But anyway, to get back on track, yeah. <laughs> the, those two artists in particular, it, it was a, like, it didn't happen at the same time, but it happened within the same year that we lost both of, both those people. And yeah, that one hit me kind of hard. Um, yeah. So Some other folks uh, we lost, we got Terry Hall from The Specials. Uh, Keith Levine from The Clash. Okay, wise guy. 
Jerry Lee Lewis, Loretta Lynn. Jerry Lee Lewis, okay. Controversial character, great piano player. That was one of those deals when they're like, he died. I'm like, I didn't know he was still alive. Seriously, I didn't know he was still alive. That dude was old. He was in his 90s. He was, he was. Uh, I saw the movie, it was great. Uh, Who played his his wife in the movie? Oh, I don't even remember who played Uh, him in the movie. yeah, no, no, no. It was a, it was a great movie, and he married his cousin younger. Yeah, she was like fourteen or something like that. She she was too young. <laughs> I mean, the movie makes it out to be if, if it wasn't for uh, that situation, he probably would have been greater than Elvis. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Elvis, Elvis is Elvis now. I mean, like, yeah, I might be getting some hate mail for this one, but. But I think one of the biggest losses, uh, definitely just because of the nature of how big this band is, is Taylor Hawkins, for sure. Yeah. Foo Fighters drummer. That was definitely a dramatic loss, you know, and I'm glad to see that Foo Fighters have been able to move on and recover from that and they're back on the road. Yeah, and he was just a big personality in that band. But yeah, one thing is for sure, we definitely hope to not lose more artists to addiction, to suicide, to depression, to things of that nature. Yeah. If you're struggling with that, know that there's help out there. Know that there is support. You can also call 988 which is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline if you need to talk to somebody about anything. Mm-hmm. This life is definitely better with you in it. And, you know, as somebody who has four years sober from alcoholism, you know, I definitely know how destructive addiction can be in the life of an artist. Definitely get help. Just know that this life is better with you in it for sure. Yep. On top of everything else, moving on, I, I know that we also had a lot of really rad and notable shows in 2022. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go over the ones that we, as a podcast, helped cover <laughs> to some extent. We did interviews with uh, Bellhead and Hate Department, mm-hmm. and that was a, a small but good, fun show. Like, there was a lot of good spirit for that one. But we, we got there. We got there over there at the skate bar over there in St. Joe. Yep. Fantastic place. Whatever happens in St. Joe stays in St. Joe. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen, Stephen Siebold was such a nice guy. He was, you know? and, yeah. And when you do this kind of work, you know, when, when you do podcasts like this, you get to talk to a lot of amazing artists and you get to meet a lot of really awesome personalities and, and amazing people. Uh, but this guy is just like genuinely nice, man. Yeah, he was the nicest guy to us. It was great. He yeah. was super supportive. Um, you know, I do music as well. Um, I, have a, I have a musical side project called The Sin Wheel. He was asking me about my music project. How is it going? How are you doing? You know, oh, yeah, it's no. just always a joy to run into him, and, and he was just such a nice guy, you know. He's got a great aura to him. I mean, the, the guy is very lovable. You just get to meet him. He's got, uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of hard to explain, but th- this is, he's a cool guy. Yeah. And, and with, with a lot of wisdom, again, here's a plug, shameless plug, 
self-promotion hey uh check out the interview with hate department that we did over there at the skate bar it's awesome i mean don't take my word for it yeah all the interviews that we're talking about here they they are out and uh can be listened to i'm gonna be honest with you with 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 everybody here and the listeners and with the bands uh it was like speed dating i kid you not because (laughs) we had a we had a space and we had a couple of bands that we had to interview, and everybody was setting up, and we were... Going. And we were taking up a good amount of the space that wasn't there, like, but the big no, spot. But the venue was very accommodating yeah. oh, to yeah. us, you know, yeah. we were able to do some really good interviews with Hate Department, as well as some of the opening bands. They were on tour with Bellhead, a, a close friends of ours as well from Chicago, and we got to talk to them as well about their successes and everything that they were doing. Uh, Bellhead is currently on tour this year with uh, Clan of Eximox, Bellwether Syndicate. So I know Dave Shock, you know, he's always definitely making waves out there. Definitely check Bellhead out and check out our interview with them. We got to speak with Ivan Russia and Karen Reichheimer, Shock, about uh, what they're currently up to and their plans for the future. So it was a really good interview. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. I love the hustle and bustle of whenever a person <laughs> is setting up for stage. It's it's that adrenaline rush because everybody's getting ready and everybody's got the jitters. And we get to interview these people in this very, very intimate moment, right as they're about to go and present themselves onto the folks on the stage and just put their war faces on and all kinds of stuff. But, but I mean, but these people are lovable. I mean, like I, all, all the people that Doug, all the people that we've interviewed uh, are fantastic. They're just yeah. yeah, so so far we've gotten pretty lucky. We didn't have any uh, any real attitudes or, or anything like that yet. Yeah, and there are those horrors. Fingers crossed. Been really, Fingers crossed. Been really awesome. also got to talk to Lawrence, Kansas-based new metal band Oxytoxin. Those guys gave us some great interviews. Really, really, really solid energy. Yeah. We got to see them live, and uh, we did an interview with them also at Minibar, as well as uh, at our own Era X Individual Divinity Production Studios. Yeah. And we had some before and after conversations with them about their life on the road, yeah. uh, their upcoming plans, their new latest release. And all the other new music and projects and community partnerships and everything that they have in the works. They're very talented, man, and they get down. You have some bands out there that just play your basic 4-4 and whatever not. They're not afraid to step out of that shell. They are definitely not afraid. They're doing a little bit, a little bit of the prog rock kind of stuff. So you get that, you get some grunge, you got some occasional system of down vibes, and it's an interesting mix. And uh, it'll be interesting if they stick with it and, uh, to see where they go. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, of course, you know, one of the things that really makes you successful in the music industry is they're very hardworking. Yeah, you know, they're they're always 
trying to get people's attention, calling to focus what they're doing, their projects. They have an active social media presence. Yeah. Yeah, and they've got a lot of support. Yeah. Um, now, in one of the other interviews uh, that we had done with uh, Daniel Graves of Aesthetic Perfection, one of the things we had talked about and along those lines uh, was this thing he did. It was a battle of the bands that he did online for people to open up in each city of the shows he was doing. And the way he had put it, and you can go to the interview and listen to this as well. He wanted people, like everybody would sit down and vote for whoever for each city, but if a band could bring more people to vote for them, Mm -hmm. that's just more people that are going to show up to that show to see them. So yeah, it, it was a way of getting more engagement and therefore getting more tickets sold. Yeah. And that's what Oxytoxin does. I mean, they're busy as all busy can be. So yeah, if you already had a pretty good sized fan base, ideally those people would show up to vote to get you on the bill in the first place and then show up to the show. Yeah. Speaking of that Aesthetic Perfection interview, you know, that was definitely one of the highlights of 2022 for us as a podcast is, yeah. is having the opportunity to talk to people like Stephen Siebold of Hate Department and be able to talk to somebody like Daniel Graves of, of the world-renowned Aesthetic Perfection. That, that one was interesting. Like, that guy's been around for a while now, and he is so business-minded when it comes to this stuff. So it was easy to get some good information out of him and, you know, interesting stuff. Right. Uh, we we pulled that that one off by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> but it was, he's, it was he's, good and fun. Uh, somebody like him, uh, who's got a lot of moving parts around him. Yeah. Oh, my God, he's busy, and uh, we were we were lucky to get an interview with him to begin with, so... As, as busy as he is, you know, a lot of those guys in the industry can be, you know, he was a genuinely nice fella. And he went on to do a great show that night in Kansas yes. City. that, that oh, was yeah. a good show. That was a hell of a show. And uh, last but not least, one of the notable shows for me was the Alice show with yeah. Alice with uh, Cables and Lace. Let me tell you, uh, Alice is a band from Los Angeles, industrial gothic art rock, if you will. Yeah. They were just absolutely amazing and mind-blowing, and interviewing them was an absolute pleasure. and how many people we can interview at the same time. <laughs> we got the entire band. And there's what, like six people in that band? Yeah, we got, yeah. We got them all six at minibar. All of them have a, a beautiful energy to them. Oh, yeah. They are very much devoted to Alice, and, and it shows. You can see that enthusiasm, great attitude. They're also great very attitude. devoted to their fan base. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, they have some very dedicated fans. You know, their online presence is very strong. Yes. And you know, they the, keep people engaged, you know. Yeah, they live stream a lot. And they're coming back through, and they're playing the skate bar. Skate bar again, you know. <laughs> skate bar is just one of those venues in the Kansas City regional area that's just getting a lot of really good shows. That's, they that's, are. That, that's St. Joe, though. Uh, but but uh, the skate bar, 
That's a place where core memories are made. <laughs> Other notable shows were the Frontline Assembly and Rain Tour. That yep. was really amazing. That, that was good. That was special because they don't come through here that, all that often. And I don't know if we're ever going to get rain again. She's just not from around here. Boy Harsher was another solid one that came through town. And again, you know, regardless of all of that, you know, there were a lot of notable shows in 2022. I think they oh, yeah. kind of pale in comparison to some of the stuff we have going on this year. Yeah. This is a big year for music, so. Well, they can't blame it on the pandemic. I don't know. I mean, again, we won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. All right. So now we're going to jump in into the next segment of our episode here, which is talking about some of the most noteworthy songs from all of the albums that we've been reviewing since we started recording these episodes back in 2022. We've gotten some of the albums that we've discussed, and we've picked out some of the best songs that have stood up to us and we've kind of made a list of 16 songs that have really spoken to us and we feel are really some of the best pieces of work that we've reviewed over the year. So we're going to start off with Author and Punisher's Maiden Star. Yes. Not Arthur. <laughs> Author. Author and Punisher, yes. Author and Punisher. I know for me, the, the album still isn't the easiest to listen to straight through, but there is something to this Author and Punisher album that is it feels like a bit of a watershed moment for him. Like, it's a change. Right. And it feels like it It may not be the album I listen to the most, not probably not by a long ways, but it feels like it's a very important album that came out last year. And, and it's hard to put that into words, but Maiden Star is probably the best example of that change from the album. It's weirdly upbeat it's even though it's as dense as it is it's yeah it's got these kind of soaring synths yeah he's you know actually singing and it's a bit of a love song but it still feels very much like an author and punisher song it's like big and dense and it's got those like crushing beats and all of that song different creative direction from some of his older previous oh, work yeah. a lot more melodic a lot more ambient in there uh, and again he's singing yeah you know which was a huge difference i really enjoyed that song a lot too yes the song starts off with a big wall of industrial noise and then it only gets more intense from there it's like a band is trying to see how much sonic chaos they can cram into one single song and you know what it's kind of awesome <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool i really enjoyed that song a lot our next selection zeal and ardor feed the machine yeah some zeal and ardor so zeal and ardor was definitely a very unique band i had never heard of them before until i got into this music review here with them and explored their body of, of work and the way that they mix in african beats and subculture with metal and soul is just absolutely insane it's absolutely insane and uh feed the machine was a perfect example of that it's one of the songs yes. that stood out to me most in the album the way it starts off with a gospely kind of blues vibe to it and it jumps into this menacing death metal march if you will you know it was just really intense yeah uh zeal and ardor has a very 
specific description for the band. Yeah, it's the 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 gospel or blues meets black metal, and this song is like the epitome of that sound. It is. It, it splits it like right down the middle. Oh, yeah, and yeah. It does the hard shifts. Like it doesn't gradually go from one to the other. It just, it cuts and you're into the next section. It takes you to church. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You to school. I mean, it's like a it's like a musical mosh pit where uh, black metal, blues, and gospel, uh, they all meet. Uh, they get drunk, and then they start a riot. <laughs> I mean, it, the song hits hard. I mean, right, pummeling drums, the vocals. Oh my god! Exactly, and they do that in such a really, really awesome and unique way. Uh, that whole album was really, really wonderful. You just. African spirituality mixed in with chaotic metal elements. But Feet the Machine definitely stood out for me, and I thought it was one of the rad songs of the album. Yeah. We're going to get into Troglodyte and their song Speed Kills from their album, The Hierarchical Ecological Succession. Welcome to the food chain. Boy, that is a mouthful. That is a long album title. Yes, it is. Troglodyte, this album was just an absolute mindfuck. It was, to me, there was an element of, of just comedic humor and how gory it was. You know, it's just pretty much documenting Bigfoot on meth. Yeah. Going around and killing people and ruining campfires and scaring the shit out of people. Bigfoot in my basement, doing meth, making music with me. <laughs> That's just pretty much what Troglodyte is on on this one. You know, it's just a tribute to Bigfoot, and uh, it's got some really menacing songs in there. But the one that stood out to me was Speed Kills. Yeah, the the part that worked for me is just, it's the humor of it, specifically in the lyrics on this. The, the story, like some family driving a station wagon ends up hitting something in the road, and they... You know, trying to figure out what it is and then mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to make money off of it. At the end, is no time for celebration. It's on its feet again. It stole our station wagon. Slow down, you jerk. Speed kills. Now, this is a band that by no means takes themselves seriously, but, man, they bring on some serious music. Yeah, um, like, it, it is brutally heavy. It is brutally and mercilessly everything that you would expect from Doom, Bigfoot metal, if you will. I just thought it was insane. It was one of my favorite selections. Our next selection was Riki, the song Florence and Selena from the album Gold. That was one of my personal selections. You know, I'm a huge fan of everything that Dice Records puts out there. I think that their body of music and artists is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, minimal synth, post-punk, all that good stuff. Throw it my way. 
you know, Riki did a really good job with that entire album, Gold. I think that if you study her previous work, it was a lot more goth in nature, a lot more witchier. She went a lot more pop on this one, if you will. A little more glam, yeah, yeah, and definitely more pop. But the album still has a really solid feel to the whole thing. It, it feels like a concept came together. And this song, it's dream pop with a saxophone. Exactly. Uh, Great use of the saxophone. <laughs> like any good 80s song. It's just a great ambient song too, you know, like I had mentioned in the review, it's just one of those songs that you can just kind of like pop on when you're coming back home from work and pour yourself a nice glass of wine if you're a drinker. Oh, um, and, and then throw on those glittery shoes. <laughs> and then join the party. Or whatever and just kind of relax and light a big cigar or whatever it is that you light up in the evenings and uh, yeah. just kick back and enjoy yourself. It's just got a really wonderful groove. The video was really nice too. The torpedo bra was pretty spectacular. <laughs> yeah, bringing on the Madonna vibes there, yeah. And our next selection here was Carpenter Brute Imaginary Fire. Yeah, it's and the song that brought me around to actually liking Carpenter Brute. <laughs> this was from the album Leather Terror. That album, you know, was was kind of a trip, you know. It had it was just a smorgasbord of from deep menacing industrial to some really badass retro wave splashed in there in between. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just a tour de force of different various styles uh, it, it ended up being one of my favorite albums of 2022 like that's probably the one i listen to the most yeah they got good production they definitely do have good production which is strange because i still don't like his other albums but i love this one <laughs> <laughs> it's like a high-speed chase through a neon lit cityscape on a rocket-powered skateboard something like that you know? <laughs> it's <laughs> but, yeah, but this song like i i'm pretty sure there is no guitars in this song but it rocks pretty hard like, it, it's got the distortion going on for it. It could be turned into a, a rock song very easily. It's just not the instrumentation he used. And Greg Pucciato's vocals. Right. Yeah. It's a great song. I love the song, you know. Yeah. I've actually got it in my playlist. It's friggin' catchy. That <laughs> chorus the list. is just, the <laughs> chorus is just absolutely dope. You know, just get in my car and just drive away. And Yeah. It's got real drive angry energy to it. <laughs> yeah, just put on your best cyberpunk outfit and get ready. <laughs> yeah, this ended up being one of my favorite albums, or fa favorite songs of last year, also. Mm -hmm. 
Our next selection is Drug Church, and their song is Detective Lieutenant from the album Hygiene. Yeah, the, this is one of the first ones we did as well. I really enjoy the album still. I listen to it quite a bit. This just happened to be my favorite song off of this album. Really like the chorus. Uh, the, the guitar doesn't start off like just immediately going into like hardcore or anything like that. It actually has a bit of a like a cure type, you know, post punk guitar line going on right. before it gets to the heavier portions of it. Speaking of guitar riffs, uh, have you ever heard of a guitar riff being mentioned as thick and crunchy? Yes. I mean, that's what this <laughs> is. That is exactly what this is. I mean, I so like this. There was one band for sure that, like, even the name threw me off, Drug Church. I thought it was going to be, you know, something like Coma White, <laughs> psychedelic ambience, you know, music to get strung out to. <laughs> uh, it wasn't anything like that, you know. It was definitely very progressive and upbeat. You know, Detective Lieutenant was one of the songs that stood out to, the most to me out of all that album, for sure. Musical punch to the face, I mean, but in the best possible way. Yeah, Drug Church just ended up being like it's it's post hardcore, but it's got a lot of pop elements. Like I wouldn't go as far as like it's pop punk, but it's like a little heavier than that. If like you know, if pop punk's not quite your thing, but you still want something you can listen to, you know, check it out. Speaking right. of, speaking of pop punk, <laughs> our next selection here is Radke, and we have the song "Seas" from yeah. the album "Green Room." Yeah, St. Joseph guys, <laughs> right here in our own backyard. This album was from 2020, but we reviewed it in 2022. Yeah, it definitely stood out to us. You know, see, Red Key was definitely one of those bands that I think, you know, definitely brings a lot of really awesome elements that work together. It's of like Foo Fighters, and they are sponsored and supported a lot by Foo Fighters. But they bring a lot of elements of, of uh, I would say, Foo Fighters, I would say Offspring. It's like a Red musical Hot Chili guy. Peppers, old school Red Hot Chili Peppers, if you will. Danzig era Misfits, like that kind of sound, or the mm -hmm. Ramones. This stuff is a little more updated than their older stuff, so. But they always feel like they're on the edge of blowing up, and <laughs> well, just like in like becoming a huge band as opposed to the band that just opens up for all the other big bands. But yeah, it's one of those bands we can point to and like those guys are from here. <laughs> I was thinking, I mean, the music is like an energy drink. It is uh, very catchy. <laughs> it is a very very catchy track. to our next selection which is Lantlos from the album Melting Sun. The song here that we had in mind was Jade Fields. Now this album was from 2014 but we decided to review it last year as well. We thought that it had a lot of musical substance and value to it. I thought that song was absolutely beautiful. Strong, powerful ambience. Next time you want to take an introspective hike through the wilderness, well, Jade Fields is pretty much what you might be looking for. I mean, it's the musical equivalent of a really deep, brooding stare into the distance. Yeah. Look, at, look at me using big words. You know. <laughs> that whole album pretty much is just like, has this com complete sense of euphoria and bliss. Which is 
a complete shift from their stuff before that because they were a straight up black metal band before this. And then yeah. they switched gears and they suddenly did this. I've got this playlist that I've put together of songs that you can, like, if you're in a room with a lot of speakers and you can just crank up sound, songs to just sit in the middle of the room mm -hmm. and listen to stuff like that. And Jade Fields was, like, number one on that list. It's just got all of this, like, intricate guitar work, and it's big and it's lush. Mm -hmm. It takes its time going to where it's going, but it always keeps it interesting for me. I love this whole album, but Jade Fields uh, really does it for me. Really beautiful lyrics, you know, beautiful poetry. I am the universe fading. I have seen you. I've been through the sun. I have been soothed and forgot about my past. I am a river flowing free. Oh, I yeah, am yeah, the yeah. sun. Aren't they German? No, no, I think, yeah, no, they're German. Okay. I, th I, I think I had assumed they were French at one point, and then somebody correct me on it, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they put out an album in 2020. Uh, I think they got some new stuff in the works. Uh, it's more along these lines, but it's it's not as deep, so to speak, as this album. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it seems to like kind of have that sound, but everything kind of moves a little faster. It's a little shorter. Definitely looking forward to hearing it. Yeah. Our next selection here is from artist Willis Earl Beale. Yeah. From the album Nobody Knows, the song is Wavering Lines. And we're moving into blues right here, folks. Yeah, th this album is still kind of special to me. Like, it it kind of goes all over the place. It feels like it's a very, very personal album. And Wavering Lines is, is the opening track for it. And to me, it's where you kind of know it's special. Like... He starts singing and it's a cappella and it's good. Then at some point the strings kick in and it's real subtle. It's not overusing it or anything like that. And it just kind of keeps going. And, and yeah, like this track is special. Go where I please, I don't need no gas. I got the Tupperware bowl with the turkey next to. Another couple of brews and a cookie too. I got a bladder full of piss and I'm gonna let go. Cause I ain't no Chris, so I go down with the floor. Yeah, the, speaking of the instrumentation, is uh, yeah, it's minimal and it's understated. I mean, if you ask me. Yeah. Which is kind of perfect if you want to pretend that you're a hipster with a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. The, uh, the, the instrumentation is minimal and it's very much understated. Yeah, a lot of the songs on the album are minimal instrumentation, but the, the song in particular is very minimal. It's... His voice carries almost the whole thing. I enjoyed it thoroughly.
Yeah. The BBC are talking about the GDP. Fuck it. Miss me with that mess. Coming Complete shift of style here going into uh, Bob Dylan or Violin, however you want to pronounce it's it. It's up for debate, but yeah. Uh, from the album, uh, Bob Dylan <laughs> presents the price of life. Uh, GDP. Yeah. I don't know, for me, it was one of the, the catchier and harder-hitting songs on the album, and I can relate to it uh, on a, a level more so than some of the other songs of the album. BBC is talking about the GDP. It means fuck all to me, but I got yeah, got to eat. Yeah, uh, you, you hear dudes talking about yeah. all this other stuff, like the economy and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. I wish I didn't have to pay $400 for groceries a week. <laughs> it's a very intense song. It's like punk rock version of a police chase. Yeah. Definitely protesting things about society from racial discrimination to ethnic discrimination to the economy to pretty much having to do what you need to do to survive. Yeah, I relate a little less to the kidnapping part of the song, but you know. <laughs> yeah, the song is not for the faint of heart, let me tell you that. Uh, the next selection that we have here is Clutch from the album Blast Tyrant. This was from 2004, but we decided to go ahead and review it because it stood up to us. The track was Cypress Grove. Yeah, uh, this was a pick from uh, Chris, the film geek. We asked him to pick an album that he wanted to you know, talk about. Hi, and, Chris. Hi. And he, uh, he picked Clutch, and this is, the, this is the song that stood out the most to me. It had just this nice like funk groove to the whole thing. Super catchy in the lyrics. <laughs> hey, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he also uh, there when we spoke about Lantlos? Yeah, uh, that episode was Lantlos, Clutch, and Rammstein. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, by the way, uh, check him out, uh, Chris the Film Geek. Uh, you could probably find him on YouTube. Yep. You could probably find him all over the internet. The whole album seems to be about somebody from the army dissenting and pretty much trying to escape and be their own person. And uh, it's about a, an entity named Warm Drink. Yeah. Yeah. I, that didn't come through the first few times for me on that one, like uh, trying to figure out the plot of the whole thing. That, that came up more in the notes for me. <laughs> yeah, but I thought it was a pretty rad song. I really enjoyed the riffs. Oh, yeah. It was like you mentioned, nice and crunchy. Uh, the next album that we have is Anthem by Go Fight and uh, their cover of Spies in the Wires. We were doing a protest album tribute episode, and uh, that's where this selection came from, Anthem having come out in 2019. Yep. This was kind of my entry point for Go Fight. I'd heard of them and had listened to some of their stuff. Didn't really get into it, no, until this particular album. This song here, as far as that playlist goes of sitting in a room playing music really loud and whatever, this song fits into it also, Like, but for different reasons. 
the intricacies of the production work and the synths and the beats and all that stuff are just great. Like the, the bass and whatnot that he uses during the, the chorus, it just has this really nice vibe to it. And, and, and it sounds better the louder you play it. <laughs> Also, the kind of song that makes you want to dance. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, it is hard to find, at least at the moment. That album has never been on Spotify or any other streaming service. Jim Marcus is currently having issues with YouTube, so almost all of his music is down there. Wow. But you can yeah. find it on Bandcamp. <laughs> Bandcamp is really the only spot to find it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's kind of like an institution. I think Bandcamp is going to go places one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. I'm kind of surprised that they're still where they're at, and I'm I'm happy that they're still where, where they're at. They got bought by Epic Games. There you go, mergers, acquisitions. Right. But mm -hmm. everybody was kind of worried that things, style negotiations that you know, things were going to go south or whatever. But they haven't changed since then. Like it's been a while since they. No, got they've bought. been around for a minute. Yeah, a long minute. Our next selection here, uh, bringing it back to Greg Pusciato and uh, Rainbows Underground from their album Maricel. Another dope-ass banger that I really, really enjoyed. Awesome lyrics, really awesome album. I mean, it's like he's channeling all the angst and frustration of the world and pouring it into his singing. I mean, the lyrics, the vocals, everything he's got going on. I think I'd mentioned in the episode, the guitar line on this reminds me in a good way of uh, Bringing on the Heartache by Def Leppard. There's something about the melody on it, that it and, and the, there's a bit of a nostalgia thing for me. But I do love like the the quiet to loud ratio that he puts in there. Like, you know, the, you get your verses part where he's just singing and it's all kind of low. And then it hits the chorus and then he starts on the yelling. I don't know, there, there's something about the song that, that really works for me. For me, it was kind of a toss up between this and Lowered. Lowered might have been the more obvious choice since it's kind of the single off that album. But yeah, there's something about this song that, that grabs me. the only uh, artist that we've actually mentioned twice so we're pretty keen on Greg Pusciato here at Unfolding Sound yeah next selection is from uh, Dave Grohl's fictional metal side project Dream Widow their self-titled album Come All Ye Unfaithful. Yeah. I love that song. It was just so hilarious. <laughs> you know, to me, it was a total Metallica spoof. Plenty of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it also didn't sound too far off from, at least sounding, it, it still sounded like a David Grohl track. Like right. maybe not, maybe not Foo Fighters because they never quite go that hard. But 
it sounded the most like a, just David Grohl doing a song. But yeah, you definitely had those uh, Metallica yeahs in there. <laughs> David David Grohl with fangs on. <laughs> yeah, it, it's got a good driving beat for most of it, and it hits the chorus. Like many of these tracks, the chorus is super catchy. <laughs> that whole album was so much fun. You know, it's unfortunate that he hasn't done more with that. <laughs> he could have so much fun with that <laughs> and draw an entire community of metalheads to it, and it would fly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, but I enjoyed the album thoroughly, and that song was just yeah, hilarious. it's fun to listen to. next selection here is from Essinger featuring Young Medicine and the track is Lost Boys uh, from the album After Dark. Yeah, we get to cover both those bands. So th- this works out as a, sort of a twofer. Yeah, that was our fixed neon episode, if you will, fixed records. Yep. But, but, but this song has just the right amount of reverb. The vocals are awesome. I, I, I think it kind of combines the best of both those. You got Essinger's electronic work and him singing on the verses. Then you got Young Medicine coming in with the the double kicks, metalcore type drums, mm-hmm. and you got like the guitars and whatnot. And then their sort of combined shout vocals for the chorus. Yeah, you kind of get the best of both of them there. I thought it was a really awesome selection, and I really had a great time enjoying both of those artists and reviewing their music. And definitely mm-hmm. look forward to hearing more stuff that they put out. Last but not least, our next selection here is Cattle Decapitations, Bring Back the Plague. Yeah. Cattle Decapitations, a bit of fun. Uh, but they're they're a band that seemingly got better as they went along. This song here has got a little bit of everything. Like it definitely goes for like the you know the speed metal and stuff like that, but once it hits the chorus of the Bring Back the Plague, like the guy's vocals, there's a lot of like just subtle intricate guitar work going on which is not something you would think of for cattle decapitation but there it is (laughs) and on top of that it came out a year before covid hit (laughs) (laughs) and the best part about all that well i wouldn't call it the best part about the lyrics is that especially in this song uh, it's all about bringing back the plague and wiping out humanity that's kind of the theme purifying (laughs) the earth if you will you know in the middle of the chaotic death metal riffs and the blast beats and everything else, you know, there, there is a very deep and solemn message in there about revitalizing the earth and bringing it back to a healthier state than what we've left it in, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah, it's a extreme metal and dark humor. It's got a purpose. It definitely does have a purpose. He goes for a couple different vocal styles in there, and but I love the chorus on it. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, well, actually, I do know what it is. I like his vocals, but I love the guitar that's on that part also. Bring back the plague. Get 
So those are all of the selections that we've had as far as uh, albums and songs that we've reviewed that really stood out to us in 2022. You know, guys, what was the one song or songs that stood out to you the most out of all of the selection? For me, I would have to say Greg Pusciato brought it on home. And after that, what I really took the most out of here as well, I would say, was Author and Punisher and uh, Zeal and Nardor. Um, but I have to say that for me, Greg Pusciato is is definitely um, the winner here as far as... Yeah, I mean, he shows up twice. He had a pretty good year. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Uh, uh, personally, uh, Go Fight, uh, Spies in the Wires. Yeah. After that is Clutch, uh, Cypress Grove. Yeah. Um, I like those two, but but then again, I'm, I'm not kind of an individual. I mean, you're either an individual who likes clutch, or you're either an individual who likes uh, Lantlos in them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like both. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? Why not both? And 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 for me, actually, my pick was going to be Lantlos, Jade Fills. Uh, just that that album will always hold a special place for me, and I love that song. Well, folks, uh, that is our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Unfolding Sound. We hope that you will join us next time. Until then, signing off, this is Will System. And Doug Leach. And? And all I know is that I know nothing. And we will see you next time, folks. Until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe. So many miles to Oh man, I gotta go catch the sushi, please.